This is Xane Anderson. Welcome to the Principal Podcast today. Glad to have you with us today. So, you know, we call this the Principal Podcast, and I want to touch back on something we've talked about previously and then wrap into something maybe we haven't talked about as much. Principles are real, whether you believe it or not. And in one of the first episodes, we talked about the principle of gravity, how gravity is just there. And it's real, whether you believe it is or not. So you don't have to believe in gravity for it to be real. But when you come into a contact with the principle, you have a couple options. You can either align with it or you can ignore it to your peril. So let's talk about this with gravity as a review. Gravity. How could I align with gravity to say, make me money? Well, I could build a hydroelectric dam. I could take build a dam across the river and have the water flow through the gravity would pull the water through and you could generate millions of dollars worth of electricity. I could perhaps start a skydiving company and have people jump out of a plane. The gravity would give them this thrilling ride down to the ground and, and they could, you know, glide down in their parachute courtesy of gravity. I could start a ski resort where I could let people ride up a lift and they could, they could ski down the mountain pulled down by gravity, right? I've asked this question to many people. They've given me all kinds of funny answers. Once somebody said, well, you could do uh, plastic surgery, which I thought was a little bit funny. Somebody said you could do, uh, you know, you could start a, a bungee cord jumping company or you could do roller coasters. All of these things involve gravity. You could build these things and, and actually become very successful. Or you could ignore gravity and fall off a cliff and die. So gravity is the scientific principle and it could either make you wealthy with one of your gravity related businesses, or it could injure you, maybe even kill you. And when we're talking about principles, I got to tell you, there are principles in human relations. There are principles in your marriage, there are principles in your family, there are principles that help influence your troubled teen or other people that are just as real as gravity. Now, one of the biggest principles is that people still have free will. You can do everything right and people can still tell you no or go a different direction. But there are things you can do in relationships that make it much, much more likely that you'll have success. Now, I want to talk about something that's important. As you know, my big push in doing these podcasts is to help marriages and families because I really believe that if we don't help marriages and families, Everything else we do, I think like Neil A. Maxwell said, will be like straightening deck chairs on the Titanic. So one of the things we need is, that, is for parents to be able to teach their kids what's really real, real principles. That's stuff that's just kind of the latest fad or the latest cultural thing at the moment. What is really, really real? Because if we can find out what's really real and teach it to our kids, we give them that much more of a chance of being successful in the world. And being able to help others and serve others and follow, frankly, Jesus Christ, who's, in my opinion, lets us know what the real high principles are. Now, before we go that direction, let me tell you something else here. Rules bring freedom. Let me tell you what I mean. And this is a discussion that's not original to me. In fact, I've been accredited to my dad, to, a little bit to my sister, who've talked about this. You know, if you have a skateboard... You can skateboard down the street. You might be able to go kind of far on your skateboard. But you don't have as much freedom on a skateboard, maybe, as you'd have if you got into a car. At least you couldn't go as far, right? 
But if you look at it, the rules you have to obey in a car and even the rules with making a car are much, much more strict. In other words, they have to build that car to exact specifications. And then there's more rules involved. You have to make sure you, to get a license, you got to be able to know when to stop at the stop sign, when, know when to go, know the, how the lanes work, know how to make a left-hand turn or right-hand turn, how to steer the car. There's more rules to get a driver's license, but yeah, you have more freedom. You could drive across the country. You could drive to another state. You could drive to the ocean or to the mountains. Some things that you couldn't do on a skateboard would be very difficult anyway on a skateboard. Well, let's take it even a step further. An airplane has even more rigid specifications. I mean, they have to build those very, very precise. They have to build them to, to high, high standards so they can withstand the forces of being in the air and turbulence and all kinds of things. And yet in an airplane, I can go even further than a car. I can, they can transverse oceans. They can go across continents much more quickly than a car. And yet to get a license to, to, to fly an airplane, takes much more work than it takes to get a license to drive a car or you don't need a license at all to ride a skateboard. So you could say, you know, I have more freedom on a skateboard because I don't have to jump through all these hoops. Is that true though? Or do you have more freedom if you could fly a plane? We could take it even a step further. What if you were to, to fly in a spacecraft? Those have extremely, extremely strict rules. I mean, if you don't calculate it right, you could fly out into space and, and be lost in, in space forever. I mean, to be precisely in orbit, to be able to have the fuel work just right so there's not a problem on takeoff. Uh, the more rules you have that are aligned with real principles, the more freedom you have. And that's what some people in our society don't get. They don't want any rules. They don't want people to tell them what to do because I want, don't, don't take away my freedom. You can't tell me what my take away my freedom, right? But are rules taking away freedom? Or is it possible that rules give you more freedom? In other words, if I align with gravity and I build a hydroelectric dam, it may take a lot of time. I may have to do it to exact specifications, but it's a lot. It gives me more freedom when I have millions of dollars that I made selling electricity than it does if I just fall off a cliff and let gravity, I just kind of ignore gravity or careless with gravity. So I, if we can teach our kids that rules bring freedom and they're good rules. Now there could be some rules that are not aligned with principle. I mean, if people said jump off a cliff without a parachute, that's a bad rule, right? But if somebody said build a ski resort, see if you can, that's a better, that's probably a better way to make money with gravity than, than doing something else like so. So if we can teach our children that rules, um, and obedience to real principles that are really, really real brings freedom. So when I'm looking for rules that are real, I personally believe that Jesus Christ knows what they are. Now, one of the things I think is really important is when you're talking about Jesus Christ, there's a lot of people who talk about him. There's a lot of people who write about him. There's a lot of people who think they know what they're saying about him, including me, maybe sometimes, sometimes I don't. But I think it's important to go right to the source. Instead of, instead of reading a commentary or listening to somebody talk about it, go right to what Jesus Christ actually said. And as you're reading, if you read in the, in the Bible, in Matthew 5 through 7, there was what's called the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount has 
what I think are these amazing rules that if you follow them in human relations, it's almost like the difference between building a skateboard versus building a plane or building a skateboard versus building a space shuttle. I mean, they're really, really principles that you can, that you can get on. So let me give you a couple of these rules that he, that now let me tell you something else. So there's a lot of things that were written. So I'm going to read in the book of Matthew, but the, the sermon on the Mount is found in Matthew five through seven. And there were a lot of things that Matthew wrote and, and, and showed, but the sermon on the Mount was important to me because it's actually the sermon that Jesus decided. I mean, he could have said anything he wanted. And yet he chose to say, I think, as I count through them, I think there's around 20, maybe 21 things, depending on how you count it, that he, that Jesus thought were super important. And here we have Jesus who is the son of God teaching us. Why don't we read this two or three chapters more, this Matthew five, six, and seven more. Here's one of the rules. He says this. Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull that mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. This to me is a huge one. Now, by the way, there are people who've said the same thing. In fact, there's a quote from, uh, again, from C.S. Lewis, since you know it. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, really great moral teachers never do introduce new moralities. It, think about that. They don't introduce new moralities. There's not two different kinds of gravity. The, the, the principles that govern everything are already there. You can align with them or ignore them. He goes, it's the quacks and the cranks who do that, meaning introduce new moralities. The real job of every moral teacher is to keep on bringing us back time after time to the old simple principles, which we are also anxious not to see. Like bringing a horse back and back to the fence that refused to jump or bringing a child back to the bit in its lesson that it wants to shirk. So let me give you an example. This... When we talk about behold, I actually looked up. He said, why beholdest thou the moat that's in thy brother's eye? And in this thing, I looked up behold right on Google. And the definition is to see or observe. So what he's saying is, why do you even see the moat in your brother's eye? So Christ is sitting here saying, you want the real stuff? The stuff that's going to make you go from a skateboard to a car, to a plane, to a spaceship and give you more freedom. Here's a rule. Here's a rule, a precision rule that if you align with, will give you more freedom. He's saying, don't even see it. Now I got to admit, I am horrible at this. I can tell you all the things that my the people in my family do wrong, but if I could get this thing down, I think my ability to be a better dad, a better husband would go through the roof, just like you could have more freedom on a spaceship than on a skateboard. You have more freedom on a plane than on a, than a car because the rules, even though they're more precise, if you are starting to even see, even behold something wrong with someone else, you're over the line. I'm over the line. Now, I'm horrible at this. I'm bad at it. Be truthful. I think most of us are. 
Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you can find a way to stop even seeing it. So the very second you say, look at those people, whether it's political party or your spouse or your troubled son or your daughter, what you should do the second we see this is follow the master who's like the principal giver and say, you know what? I got to turn my eyes inward and look at the stuff that I'm doing wrong. Now, I got to tell you, you know, great moral teachers never give you new moralities. They just sometimes say it in a different way. Stephen Covey talked about this. Stephen Covey talked about you have a circle of concern, which is a big one. And you have a circle of influence, which is small, smaller than your circle of concern. So you might be concerned about the weather or about war or about things going on in the world that you can't control. And then you have a smaller circle of influence, which are the things you can control. Now, I believe that Stephen Covey was just saying basically the same thing that Jesus Christ said. When you focus on yourself, the things you can control, you can control your thoughts, you can control your feelings, you can control what you do and your actions. What happens is your ability to influence actually goes up. So you have this circle of influence, which may just be small, but as you focus and work in it, your ability to influence others expands. And he was basically just saying again, kind of the same thing that Jesus said, like, why are you beholding all this stuff out in your circle of concern? These people who bug you when you have stuff you've got to work on. So again, I'm not good at this. I hope one day to get really good at this. My family could tell you that I'm not great at it, but I do believe it's a true principle. And I hope that one day I will get good at it with Christ's help. And I wanted to share that. Thank you for being on the principal podcast today. This is XA Anderson. Thank you for joining me on the principal podcast today. You know, I wrote a book called what I want my children to know before I die. That has a lot of my thinking and thoughts about the best principles. For those of you going through painful times right now, remember with Christ, our greatest pain can become our greatest strength. In fact, our pain, I believe is just our superpower and embryo. And remember, no matter the question, love is the answer. I love you as much as I can for not having met you in person. Thanks for joining me.